0: I'm Dakota Johnson. I'm Isabella Merced, Celeste O'Connor. Hi, I'm Mike Seibert. And I'm Sydney Sweeney. Madam Webb is in theaters February 14th.
1: You in? Madam Webb, exclusively in movie theaters. There, folks, welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio. I am your host, and today we are going to be talking about the movie that the studio didn't want me to see. It is the latest Spider Man movie that doesn't feature Spider Man. We're talking about Madam Webb. Um, and uh, before we get into the review proper, uh, uh, couple heads ups i guess first and foremost uh i i have timed this to drop as soon as the review embargo lifted cuz i i just wanted to make sure that my scorchingly hottest takes uh got out uh first thing uh right away I'm not trying to say I want to be first, but um, I, I want to see if I can actually uh, get my review out before uh, my my friend with the hair and the jacket uh, this time around and see if I could get some of that sweet, delicious clout that I, I seem to be uh, not chasing. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I have uh, two announcements uh, I would like to make. Uh, one is uh, um, is a pretty big one. Uh, But before that, I want to let you know that my other podcast, uh, Two Mics, Two Furious, Animated Transformers, has made its uh, triumphant return. We've uh, put out... Uh, three episodes uh, so far And a couple more in the can Coming up in the next couple weeks And we're pretty excited about it And if uh, you just happen to be uh, Stumbling upon this podcast And don't know uh, what I'm talking about I host another podcast uh, Called Two Mikes, Two Furious Where uh, me and Michael Andrews Talk about Transformers Animated One episode at a time From two different points of view uh, I have never watched uh, Transformers Animated before And he is is a serial rewatcher, a big time fan. Uh, So we watch the episodes together and uh, we've just started season two and it's going great. And it's a lot of fun. And if you like my particular brand of nonsense, then you will you will definitely like uh, Two Mikes, Two Furious. Um, that, uh, that is a ton of fun. And uh, keeping in within the theme of the Transformers, I also want to make a huge announcement that I will be attending TFCon LA uh, coming up uh, first week of March. Uh, TFCon Los Angeles returns. Uh, TFCon is returning to Los Angeles for 2024. That is going to be March 18th. 8th through the 10th at the Los Angeles Marriott Burbank airport hotel and convention center. I am definitely reading that from a website because that is a, uh, a very lengthy name for a hotel and convention center, uh, near the Burbank airport. Um, I, I'm really stoked for this convention. There's a lot of terrific guests. Um, I am going down to, uh, meet with some friends, going to get Frank Welker to autograph my transformers, the movie poster. And it's, uh, it is going to be an, an incredibly, uh, fun, time but here uh during my madam web review question mark um i want to announce for the audience that i will be hosting uh and i use that term loosely i will be hosting the podcasters roundtable panel on friday night the friday night of tfcon uh that is going to be on friday night uh march the 8th um i would uh, i don't have The exact time, Uh, the exact time has not been announced yet. The schedule has not been released yet, Uh, but I would imagine that it's going to be the Friday night slot after the opening ceremony. So it'll be after 6 p.m. um, and uh, um, there's uh, there are a lot of. Uh, really cool podcasters, friends of mine that are already involved. Uh, folks from the Autopod Decepticast and Transmissions and WTF at TFW and uh, uh, Swerves Bar and More than Meets the Ear. And uh, I, I, I'm thinking they're going to have to bring in some more chairs and more microphones. Uh, otherwise, I've, uh, I've got a, uh, huge panel of folks that I'm not entirely sure what all to do with but I've still got a couple weeks to figure it out but that is going to be a rowdy crew and giving us that Friday night spot is going to be something pretty special so if you happen to be uh, in Los Angeles for TFCon head over to the Los Angeles Marriott Burnbank Airport Hotel and Convention Center for TFCon Los Angeles 2024 and if you're already there uh, pop in Friday night and uh, check out the Podcasters Roundtable host by yours truly I will tell more stories about that I'm sure as we go because um I I kind of uh as as I was joking with some of my friends in a group text I kind of sort of accidentally volunteered um and so that's um I, I'm honored to host but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily uh my my first intention but uh, but we can kind of discuss that uh, later but no I just uh I, I, it's been a while since I've done a a Mike Seibert radio. And quite honestly, now that Two Mike's Two Furious is kind of back under uh back in production, it might be a while since I do a, another Mike Seibert radio, uh, which is uh, part of the reason why I was uh, I, I wanted this excuse. Um I went to go see the Madam Web just so that um I would have something to talk about here on the main feed. Um so uh with that out of the way, I guess let's let's kind of talk about uh, Madam Webb and kind of the state of uh Sony's Spider Man universe, which is I think what we're we're calling it now. And I uh went into this movie with incredibly low expectations, and um, and I think that helped my viewing of it. Um, I wasn't sure if they were actually going to do a press screening for this movie because um as we uh, might get into uh, later on in the discussion this movie kind of has the stink of death on it and it'll be I'll, i will be very interested in seeing how it is received and how it is looked upon and how it is uh reviewed uh because i guess up top it's not that bad but it's not particularly good. Uh what I told the nice lady with the clipboard was that it is aggressively unremarkable. And it's kind of weirdly irrelevant and really kind of spins its own wheels and doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't really have anything to say and it's just it's just kind of like a weird waste of space and a weird waste of time for everybody involved. Um, none of the performances are particularly good. In fact, some of them are especially bad. Um, this was a movie I, I didn't quite know what to do with. Um, I guess going in, owning my own bias, I was expecting a repeat of Morbius. You know the the other uh, aggressively uninteresting uh, Spider-Man movie that doesn't feature Spider-Man, but this movie's a little different from that. In that, I felt like uh, Morbius was um, stupidly ambitious and takes a lot of swings and is real dumb. Uh, This movie kind of goes the opposite direction. I don't know if it's a response to Morbius, but this goes the other direction and it becomes flat and boring and uninteresting, uninspired, aggressively uninspired. Um, And it's just kind of there. It, it sets up a bunch of stuff that isn't going to happen. Very similar to Morbius. Um, But I I guess at this point, let's let's I want to talk about a little bit about my uh, journey to watch this movie and read the synopsis from the uh, from the press release. Because, you know, I I had said uh, up top that this was the the movie the studio didn't want us to see. And um, generally what happens is the press invites for movies come out, I don't know, three to four weeks ahead of time. And I got the feeling that, knowing that this movie kinda has the stink of death on it, that Sony wasn't necessarily particularly interested in screening this for the press. Um what I can tell you is that I did um i I asked I put in a email to my contact. And uh, they responded back with information about the uh, about the press screening, and then the following day, uh, there there was an official invite. Um, so I don't know if that had come had I not asked, but I get the feeling that that this is kind of like something that that the studio, not necessarily the reps, uh, but the studio was was not eager to um, uh, invite folks. So I could tell you a couple things about uh, this particular screening that um, uh, I don't think I'll get in trouble about. Uh, First of all, this was a press-only screening with a no-guest policy. So that, uh, um, it feels to me, my opinion, is that Sony has tried to minimize the amount of people that see this movie ahead of time. Uh, The press screening was Monday night, February the 12th. The movie comes out on Wednesday, February 14th, and the review embargo um, is... Tuesday, uh, February 13th at 6 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, if you happen to refresh or got this on your uh, way to work, this is the soonest I could put it out. I scheduled that I I record I'm recording now. Uh, It's Monday night for me. I just got back from the screening. I'm back in the studio. I wanted to get this stuff on uh, on tape before I went home and went to bed so that it is there. Uh, Tuesday at 6 a.m. Uh, when you wake up for it as soon as the uh embargo lifts um originally the social media embargo uh was to have been uh monday night uh the 12th at 10 p.m. so like uh an hour and a half ago i, I could have been tweeting about the the movie but um i got a follow up email from the rep uh late last week saying oh hey uh the studio has uh, made an adjustment to the social embargo and now it matches Uh, the review embargo. So, um, at, at this point, depending upon when you're listening, you've probably seen some uh, vague, dodgy tweets from me uh, saying like, hey, I'm going to go see Madam Webb. Ask me anything. And people proceed to ask me anything. And my response to each of those tweets was like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I, w- I will read all of those at the end uh, because I I think um, I, I think there'll be some good stuff to talk about there. So um, I do did want to um uh read the synopsis of the movie from the official press release from Sony cuz this uh th- this kind of pushes things in the in the direction that I kind of want to talk about. Uh, Madam Web, in a switch from the typical genre, Madam Web tells the standalone origin story of one of Marvel Publishing's most enigmatic heroines. Uh, The suspense-driven thriller stars Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, a paramedic in Manhattan who develops the power to see the future and realizes she can use that insight to change it. Forced to confront revelations about her past, she forges a relationship with three young women bound for powerful destinies, if they can all survive a deadly present. Now that's, uh, that's Madame Webb. And I think that's, um not at all an accurate description of uh of of what this movie um actually is it's uh and it's kind of interesting because as as we talk about like you know kind of like the history and development of the movie um a little bit later as we go um incidentally I should probably have said this a little earlier but this whole portion of the podcast is completely spoiler free there are some stuff I do want to uh talk about um, at the end, so I will do kind of like a, a spoiler, uh, section, uh, right about the time I read all of the, uh, the tweets and the ask me anythings, uh, cause there is some good stuff, but there is some stuff that is, uh, uh, spoilerific as well. So again, still kind of keeping it in, um, uh, lukewarm, uh, medium spoiler free, uh, takes, but yeah, I mean, I like, like I said, uh, a little bit ago, um, I, I was expecting Morbius and didn't get that. I, I guess I was expecting maybe a Venom or maybe a Venom, let there be carnage um, or something. And I, I think this is still kind of on that level. Um, in fact, it, it is on that level. It is that that uh, flavor of bland as a lot of this Sony stuff is that isn't specifically the uh, the cartoon stuff, you know, the the uh, Spider-Verse stuff. Uh I I make a ton of jokes about uh the the Sony uh let me check the notes here Sony's possessive Spider-Man Universe. So so this is a new movie in the in Sony's Spider-Man Universe or the SSU as nobody will call it. But um it, it's it's interesting that uh the trajectory that Sony has had with the Spider-Man movies that don't have Spider-Man in them. Um it's it's kind of a franchise that kind of isn't a franchise. And it feels like this is still kind of spillover from the failure of Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they basically teased a Sinister Six movie that 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 never really uh came to be. But there there's a um there There's a component of this Sony stuff that I still don't entirely understand. i've I, I've tracked down a couple articles and read a couple things, but I still don't quite understand the right. So basically, this is how i I interpret it is like, um, Sony is free to use Spider-Man in uh animated movies. That's where you get Spider-Verse from. But as far as live action goes, uh they basically have the rights to do movies based on Spider Man characters, so like Venom, Morbius, Madame Webb, Craven the Hunter, you know, all this other nonsense that that nobody is asking for. But because of the ties and the deals with the Marvel MCU and Disney, Spider-Man cannot exist in these movies, I guess. Um, the the only thing that kind of flies in the face of that is that post-credit scene for Morbius, right? Where, where a, uh, a very much not Michael Keaton... Uh, uh, says oh hey i i don't know how I got here but i get it has i bet you it has something to do with spider man we should team up and morbius says that's very interesting in his uh uh very final appearance in the uh, in the sony uh spider man universe but but this is like a a weird convoluted history with these these uh spider man not spider man movies um because sony is still releasing uh you know under their banner under columbia pictures you know the the spider-man homecoming far from home no way home uh but then like i think how this happened it's been a while since i've really thought about this but i think what they wanted to do was develop venom as its own separate thing where they were going to develop venom as kind of like its standalone character in its own separate universe And then I think then with Sony having the rights to use Spider-Man adjacent characters, you know, both heroes and villains, that they would kind of graft on a cinematic universe from that. And when I say it out loud that way, it suddenly sounds even less haphazard than the DC Extended Universe, uh, R.I.P., uh, that that universe ends with a with a man eating a bug in a in a cheeseburger um but yeah so so they start with venom then it's uh it, then it's venom let them be carnage and uh in the same year or I'm sorry the year after in 2022 uh you have morbius and it's fascinating because in the post-credit scene for both of those movies they take elements of of kind of like the the this multiverse concept kind of established in the Marvel MCU and they're kind of trying to tie them together in ways that don't necessarily work or even quite frankly make sense. And while that has been happening, they've been developing uh this Madam Web movie, uh Craven the Hunter, which has been pushed to Uh, I think October of this year, it was supposed to come out in October of last year. Um, I'll have to double check that. And and of course, Venom three, which is apparently coming out this year. So let me get this straight. So we now live in a world where we are going to get three, one, two, three Sony Spider-Man universe movies and one Marvel MCU movie, which that feels very odd to me. Um, so one of the things that, that I always like to make fun of, and I spent a lot of time on this in uh, my Morbius episode, but I, I, I have to pick on the whole conceit and concept of something called Sony's Spider-Man universe. Which again does not feature Spider-Man. Um, so I, I found a, a a Wikipedia article to to kind of to kind of uh, help me un, untangle this a little bit because I, I get some of the timeline mixed up. Um, Sony officially announced their new cinematic universe based on various Marvel comics properties and characters commonly associated with Spider-Man in May 2017 with the title "quote unquote" Sony's Marvel Universe. By August 2018, it was being referred to as quote-unquote Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters um, internally at the company. By March 2019, a Sony Pictures Entertainment presentation referred to it as my favorite, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, or SPUMC for short. So we... um If you tilt your head, it sounds like spunk. So we go see the spunk movie now. And Sony later confirmed that this was the official name for its shared universe. Again, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Uh, Spunk. Uh, The title was widely criticized by me, with commentators mocking its length compared to shorter franchise names like the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the MCU and DC Extended Universe or the DCEU, like me, uh, as well as the acronym SPUMC. Uh, James Whipbrook of io9 questioned why the term Spider-Verse was not being used, uh, to which Columbia Pictures president Stanford Pantich stated that Sony did not want to refer to their shared universe as the quote-unquote Spider-Verse since it encompassed many characters separate from Spider-Man. But Despite this, Sony announced in August 2021 that the franchise had been named Sony's Spider-Man Universe, or SSU, which is... Um, which is what we've got now here today. So, um if I'm counting correctly, let's see what we got. Here we got we got Venom, uh Venom lo- let there be Carnage, Morbius and now Madam Web. So we could call this the fourth movie in the uh uh S S S S SS, U um or or whatever. Um so apparently uh, Sony began development on the Madam Web movie uh, for its shared universe in September of uh, 2019. And uh, first-time director uh, S.J. Clarkson, who's directed a lot of TV, uh, joined as the director in May of 2020, uh, making this film her feature film uh, debut. And uh, Dakota Johnson was added to the cast in early uh, 2022. And as the uh, casting kind of more solidified and more people were added, uh, it, it became clear that this was going to be some kind of uh, spider women movie or or spider girls, question mark, uh, with more than one um, uh, spider character because it's like the the thing I couldn't get around uh, when I had first heard about this uh, back in uh, maybe it was 2019, maybe it was 2020. Oh, they're Sony's making a Madam Web movie, and it's like, why? Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna make a movie about an old lady confined to a chair uh, that's blind with like bitch and wrap around glasses that could see the future. That doesn't seem like a, a particularly interesting character to hang a movie on. And then later when Dakota Johnson was cast, it, it was like, it, like, Oh man, what, what if we do Madam web? But like, wait a sec, uh, stick with me. What if she was hot? And I'm sure somebody at studio, probably Avia rod, honestly, um, was like, Oh, good, good. And I guess that's, that's, that's how, um, uh, a, a movie gets made like this. um, as I said, Madam Web is supposedly a suspense thriller that depicts the titular character's origin story in a standalone universe with an approach that was more grounded and gritty compared to many previously released uh, superhero films. Um, again, it's none of those, but I feel like I'm repeating myself. Um, I want to talk about Dakota Johnson for a few because like, when I first tweeted about uh, gauging interest for doing this uh, uh Madam Web review. And incidentally, I, I always knew I was going to do this. As soon as I got an official invite to the press screening, it's like, well, they're going to invite me. I'm going to watch it. The least I could do is podcast about it. Um, so I put up a poll. Um, uh, you know, do you want to review podcast? And yes, one overwhelmingly with 62 points, seven percent of uh, 59 votes so hopefully this episode gets at least uh 59 listens and most of those no votes probably came in because i put no first over yes um and there were there were a handful of misfires there so i and i did that intentionally just so that that would um make folks have to look at the options instead of blindly clicking, because I've done polls before where like the answer is overwhelming and almost nobody votes for the second option. And it's like, is it because the, my preferred option is the one on top? Probably. But uh, with regards to Dakota Johnson, Um, I I got a terrific response from my buddy, Joe Bot. He is at TF Joe Bot one out on uh, out on the X. Um, He uh, he writes only if you do the podcast with the same disdain that Dakota Johnson seems to have for the movie to which Lita pops in. Second, this. And I said that's that's actually an incredibly interesting aspect of this story uh, that I do actually kind of want to get into, because I I think one of the things that's one of the narratives surrounding this movie and will probably define some of the memes that are actually kind of out there already um, is um, Dakota Johnson has been very um, upfront about kind of her feelings about this movie and I have an article I'll share with you in a sec about um you know kind of the press tour and some of the things that she says but um some of the memes that define this movie is kind of how Dakota Johnson has been talking about it you know her her involvement with it and her feelings on the character and on the filmmaking process um but uh I I wanted to start off with 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 some of the Uh, ways that she describes her character. You know, Dakota Johnson as uh, Cassandra, uh, Cassie Webb, or uh, Madam Webb. Uh, She's an awkward paramedic in Manhattan who, after an accident, develops psychic abilities as a clairvoyant, which allows her to see future events within the quote-unquote spider world and is a reluctant hero. In the film, Cassie is depicted as an inexperienced clairvoyant in her 30s, learning her new powers, compared to the comic book version, which is a blind and paralyzed elderly woman connected to a life support system and a quote-unquote fully-fledged clairvoyant. Uh, Johnson and director S.J. Clarkson sought to differentiate the film's portrayal from this version while embracing the character's traits from the comics. Johnson felt Cassie's wit, humor, and abrasiveness were balanced with her compassion, particularly through her sort of uh, forming a quote-unquote sort of family with, with the three young women after not getting along through the film's events, which stemmed from Cassie being on a uh, unending, insatiable quest to save people after she was unable to save her mother, she was interested in playing a female character whose superpowers stemmed from her mind and by the prospect of seeing into the future while understanding the character's past and present. While Clarkson uh, was inspired by the psychological and cerebral aspects of the character with Cassie questioning her sanity, which she battles within herself and attempts to understand Clarkson called Cassie a loner and described her as somewhat abrasive, quirky and quote unquote on the outer edges of things. When which she compared to the title character of the Marvel Netflix television series, Jessica Jones. Okay. So, um, Dakota Johnson is an interesting figure in pop culture and in Hollywood. Um, obviously a Nepo baby. And I, I don't see the appeal. I don't think that Dakota Johnson is particularly compelling as an actor. i f- feel that her performance in this movie is especially wooden and stilted and stiff um i think that that's part of what the character's arc is supposed to be uh she is abrasive and prickly and difficult to be around and doesn't understand like you know social situations um and then but that kind of puts her on a trajectory from for having uh, some kind of hero's journey, but like uh, again, I I didn't like the performance, and it's interesting because I think before I saw the movie. I was kind of prepared to have a take that was similar to like well I respect D- Dakota Johnson as a performer and for like living her truth on the on this press tour but now it's just like I wonder if that's just kind of how she is because this uh this movie's kind of nothing and it reminds me of one of the 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 first memes that kind of came out of uh Well, actually, no, it wasn't. It it was actually one of the ones that came later. This was like post-trailer. But it's all of these promos that Dakota Johnson seems to do for the movie uh, just makes the movie more weird. Like, I I remember there was this one promo that came out um, a couple weeks ago uh, where she talks about uh, her gifts of seeing the future.
0: So while my character in the movie may be able to see the future... I also can, and I know what the future brings. I know that when you see Madame Webb, you're gonna love it. In fact, I think you're gonna see it twice. Madame you know?
1: I think that was from Russia or uh some other Eastern European country, but I just I, I remember that that kind of um uh making the rounds. Um I found an article on AV Club that that I kind of want to skim through because it had the grabbiest headline uh, for the purposes I was looking for here. Uh, Dakota Johnson's Madam Web press tour is one for the books. Uh, Johnson seems to be less than thrilled with Madam Web, and we love it. I would imagine that some uh, postmodern millennial wrote this. Um, so anyway, a, uh, a clip emerged from an interview uh, Dakota Johnson did with uh, the Huffington Post, and they discussed uh, that a very particular line uh, from the initial trailer for Madam Webb that um, that went pretty viral. Let's give a listen.
0: You might be aware there was a line from the trailer that went sort of viral, do you, do you remember that? What was at it? All? It was the line that says, he was in the Amazon with my mum when she was researching spiders right before she died. Do you, do you remember that going viral? Why me? did that go viral? I think it went viral because out of context, people were just like, what does this mean? Did, it, did, you, did you catch that at all? No. Hey. Somebody brought this up and I have no idea what it's about. There were lots of memes because I think people were like, what is, that? just out of the context of it, it was just a very... But isn't any sentence out of context, out of context? Yeah, very true. What a silly thing. There was just lots of bits that were like, oh, that, and that, and that. Do you know what I mean? He was in the Amazon researching spiders with my mom before she died. Yeah. That seems like a basic (laughs) storyline to me. Fair enough. But maybe I'm just underneath it.
1: No, that's fair. Um, and they kind of go back and forth a little while longer with, uh, Johnson ultimately, uh, brushing the whole thing off as silly. Um, it's like she'd rather be getting a root canal than talking about people engaging with this movie. It's hard to look away, and I'm gonna step away from this uh, article for uh, some some, uh, mic commentary. That line, not in the movie. That is a line for the trailer that is cobbled together from I shit you not no fewer than 3 different unrelated lines of dialogue that line from the trailer is not spoken in the final movie not the movie that I saw oh uh, mild spoilers sorry um out of context so you know that that Interaction could be read as Johnson simply not understanding meme culture, which is totally fair and totally fine. Um, She doesn't necessarily have to, but her past appearances have implied that she doesn't really understand Madam Web either. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Johnson shared that this was her first time working with a blue screen, an experience she called, quote unquote, completely psychotic. Uh, Quote, there's fake explosions going off and someone going explosion and you act like there's an explosion. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good at all. Exclamation point. I hope that I did an okay job. She continued. Now, in her recent uh, Saturday Night Live appearance, uh, she did uh, uh, the monologue, she also called the film, quote, kind of like if AI generated your boyfriend's perfect movie. Not... An indictment in the context of the monologue, but not exactly a ringing endorsement either. Then again, it seems like Johnson is just really fed up with Hollywood in general, whether that feeling stemmed from this experience or not. Quote, I am discovering that it's really fucking bleak in this industry. It is majorly disheartening. and quote. She said in a recent interview with La Oficial. quote, people are just afraid. And I'm like, why? What's going to happen if you do something brave? It just feels like no." Nobody knows what to do and everyone's afraid. That's what it feels like. Everyone who makes decisions is afraid. They want to do the safe thing and the safe thing is really boring. Now, the article closes out with it's unclear whether Madam Webb is the specific quote unquote safe thing Johnson is alluding to here or if she's just experiencing a sense of general malaise. But somebody really jazzed for their upcoming big great movie probably wouldn't be this bitter while trying to get people to act see it unfortunately for dakota johnson her frustration is just so damn entertaining you can see for yourself whether madam webb lives up to the hype or lack thereof when it hits theaters february 14th probably didn't need to read that part i should probably cut it out but now i don't want to i have seen the movie and it is interesting that how well this article kind of nails it because that is one thing that I will also say about this movie. It is very safe. And like I said, it's it's kind of lifeless in that it really doesn't do anything. At least Morbius had the audacity to be stupid. This isn't even stupid. This isn't, it, it isn't specifically dumb it isn't particularly bad it's just not interesting which is the very worst thing that um that a marvel superhero movie uh can be all right so and uh before we move into uh some of some of your questions uh i got some uh tweets and some posts on uh on facebook and twitter um i've as i said i came back to the studio here in seattle after watching the movie and um something something odd happened uh you know i've i've talked a lot about review embargoes uh before and i've mentioned several times now enough to where you can make a drinking game out of it that the uh embargo for madam web live uh, lifts at uh 6am uh, tuesday morning the day before the movie uh, comes out which uh again is is never a good sign that you want to hold official reviews uh that that's that's why you're seeing a flood of reviews now on your timeline um especially stuff like this because like um an embargo is when the studio says hey you can watch this this uh, uh you know, advanced screening, but you can't talk about it before a certain date. That that's controlled by the studio. So, uh, don't get mad at the the reps that hosted uh, the screening. Uh, don't get mad at me. Um, as, uh, as as I was talking to somebody on Twitter last night, it's like you know, it, it's I want to be respectful of what the studio reps asked of me, and I uh, don't want to. Uh, break trust just for the sake of uh, getting clout. But where that discussion came from is I got back to the office set up um, and I was seeing like leaked reviews coming through and it's very, very odd. So I'll read some of those since I have them here and maybe that'll give me even more uh, uh, things to talk about um, as a, as we kind of transition a little bit into a spoiler uh, thing. In fact, actually, From this point forward, let's 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 just do that. I'll I'll, we'll do a spoiler warning and I'll say from this point forward, I will I will talk about uh, more spoilerific things about Madam Web because there are some things that uh, that I do uh, want to talk about. I guess the last thing I will say in this non spoiler uh, uh, portion is that there is no post credit scene. Uh, I'm just doing a public service announcement. As soon as the titles start um, start coming, you can leave. There is no mid credit scene. There is no post credit scene. And the the group that we were that I was with with uh, the other members of the Seattle press, we uh, we chuckled. Um and actually thinking it was kind of funny that we sat through the entirety of the credits just for there to be nothing there um so i'll 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 give some speculation more speculation on why uh that might be on uh, uh later, but I think to kind of give a clear warning i'm gonna play this audio clip i'm sorry i i'm tell- I'm telling a story completely backwards now um so the I just saw it Monday night. Monday night was also... The premiere down in L.A. And I think these leaked reviews are coming out of that screening, not necessarily any of the other ones locally. But I haven't done the research to dox any of these fools, but that that's that's my guess. Uh, but as we transition into the spoiler uh, portion of the conversation and the review, I would like to play this clip that Deadline Hollywood posted of uh, Dakota Johnson on what excited her about reading the script and working with. Uh, director uh, C.J. Johnson, and and again, spoilers for Madam Webb from this point forward.
0: I was so excited about the, the idea of a young woman whose superpower was her mind, and that she really starts to embrace it and use it for good, and that she takes young women under her wing and really wants them to be the most powerful version of themselves, and so, so when I read it, I just felt like it was a it was a new kind of superhero movie. It was really grounded in reality. It was more of a psychological thriller. It
1: just felt different. I don't think she saw the movie because the movie that she's describing is not what this movie is. And and again, I, I don't want to continue to beat up on Dakota Johnson for being um wooden. And and stiff and emotionless. But even listening to her on this interview here, she's just like, yes. And then then when I read it, I felt this. I'm like, I, I am pretty sure she is a robot. I, I I'm pretty sure she is a robot for sure, or some kind of like pod person clone or something. I'm not sure that she is an actual real person, but uh <laughs> without sounding too a uh, conspiracy theory here, um, I wonder I wanna read through uh some of these uh leaked reviews, so yeah, so some of these came out like like shortly after I got out of my screening, but again. Um, these reviews aren't supposed to be up because the social embargo is supposed to be the same as the review embargo Tuesday morning so anyway uh, 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 uh Madame Web is an embarrassing mess oh by the way I'm not going to read who any of these handles are I'm just going to steal their content and that that's what you get for breaking embargo Uh, Madame Web is an embarrassing mess talented stars wasted on probably the worst comic book movie I have ever seen filled with atrocious dialogue awkward editing and all the around- round laughable structure i sat there baffled scene by scene uh that someone approved this the memes will redeem it no friend i do not think it will because i think we have crested meme mountain already between like the i think you like it so much you'll see it a second time i know it because i could see the future or like oh yes my mother was was in the Amazon uh, researching spiders before she died. Uh, I I think that is the extent of the memes that we're going to get. Now the cool part about doing this podcast now recording it, uh, without uh I I I have both the advantage and disadvantage of having no choice but to come up with my own opinions. Nobody has told me what opinion to have yet, which is why I like doing these uh, uh these scorching hot take. Um, reviews uh so from what i have seen i mean there there, there's a i i don't know what could be memed from it and i'll be very interested to see once the movie hits and the embargo lifts and more people uh possibly don't see it um uh, what those memes could be um so uh because this isn't morbius um you know and and there's it feels like this has a lot of the same carryover, but there's no like you know. And then he said it's morbid time, and he morbed all over everybody. It's it's nothing like that. It it's just um, uh, unremarkable and boring. And I'm repeating myself. Here's another clip from Deadline with. Uh, uh, Tahar Rahim on working with uh, Madam Webb writer-director E.P. S.J. Clarkson on finding the psychological aspect of his character Ezekiel Sims. S.J. is a great director always open to conversation to suggestions and all so we let's say that we talked from uh, the moment I read the script uh, over the course of the shooting and even in, uh, in let's say post-production and it was really helpful She helped me a lot to find, you know, the, let's say, the psychological aspect of the character. Okay. This guy sucks. I don't know what else he's been in, but he is the anchor that drags this movie down by the head. He sucks. He's uninteresting. And he is um, atrocious to listen to and to see um, his uh, uh, bullshit not Spider-Man costume is bullshit. It looks like ass. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's like uh, Nick asked me a question about like, you know, the Ezekiel character and how it ties into some of the comics uh, stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that in – I'll talk about that in just a sec. But basically like um, in a movie that has nothing in it um, – having a uncharismatic uninteresting uh repellent villain a boring villain is uh is probably like one of the worst things uh that you can have but yeah just uh this guy sucks i mean th- this this interview th- this 25 second clip i just played for you uh speaks he's more interesting and compelling here than the entirety of the movie uh very flat and un- interesting. uh let me find some more uh, uh leaked uh broken embargo interviews. Madam Webb is totally fine. There's really not a lot to say here. The leads are charming. Uh, Dakota Johnson is a witchy weirdo. The the slasher slash final destination meets superheroes vibe are there, but there's just not a whole lot, not a disaster, just kind of there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I guess that is, uh, very similar to my, uh, aggressively unremarkable, uh, not interesting boring um it's interesting though because the movie is filled with jump scares um but the music and the sound effects does a lot of the heavy lifting um there we've heard time and time again that this movie is supposed to be some kind of psychological thriller and it really kind of isn't some of the clairvoyant stuff is kind of interesting like it it I wanted it to have almost like a uh, live, die, repeat, edge of tomorrow vibe to it where, you know, she like um, has the opportunity to learn and improve and do different things. And there's a little bit of that, but not nearly enough. Um, it, it's really just, uh, I don't know where they get the, the, the slasher final destination aspect to it because like, really that's just kind of the diner scene. And that's kind of in the, in the trailer, you know, the, the, the spooky it gets is when, uh, when these, uh, when these hapless teenagers get tossed around to where they're presumably killed. Um, again this is this is a, a PG-13 movie. Um this movie doesn't need to be R-rated and I I think it would be worse for it. Um because th- this is in kind of like the safe superhero space where we're Spider-Man adjacent. So that that's you don't need any kind of violence. It's as violent as it as it needs to be. Um light on swears too. I think like somebody says shit once um or something like that. And that and that's that's just that's just kind of fine. Um but you know the here here's the thing that i always ask about these movies and i probably should have said this in non spoilers and again if you're here in spoilers it's because you're you're um you know looking to get the easter eggs or trying to get some extra insight that i i think is probably too much for a spoiler uh conversation but the thing that i always say is who is this movie for and I had a lengthy conversation with the rep after the screening. After I gave my my kind of little nutshell thing, I I told her, you know, this uh, uh, the movie's aggressively uninspired, and that Sony needs to stop making Spider-Man movies that don't have Spider-Man in them. But we had a a uh, sort of lengthier discussion about who is this movie for, not just as a superhero movie, but as a uh, female forward movie. Um, It is written and directed by women and stars women. And my fear is that this movie is going to do poorly, but it's, it's going to do poorly on its own merit. And I, I, will be frustrated that the narrative from the chuds of the world will be like er well you know uh you know women bad that kind of thing or like you know you know quit trying to wokeify my my superhero movies or something like that um w- which will make me sad because like this movie is just not good but it's not not good because of its female leads um or the writing or the actually no the directing is pretty bad and the writing is pretty bad and the acting is pretty bad i i I guess i don't know what i'm saying here it's like i guess I, i i i don't want this movie to be a failure because it it's by and from women. But here's the thing. I don't think it's for women. That's what I think the problem with this movie is, is that it's trying to appeal to the superhero audience, but not doing it very well. Whereas appeal to the psychological thriller aspect, because that is a genre that I know from firsthand experience, being a very happily married man, that that is a genre that, um, that lady folks enjoy. And I'm not saying that condescendingly, but there's a version of this where you do it as a psychological slasher horror type of movie with no costumes, no comic book trappings, and you do it like, I don't know, like, like the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, where, sure, he's the Punisher, but it's in name only. And I don't know, th- th- this reminds me of... Um, it's a bad example because that was a bad movie also, but I, I appreciated the ambition of the new mutants movie to where it's like, we're going to take X-Men characters and we're going to put it in a different setting. It's like, what if we had, uh, the new mutants, but they're in a haunted asylum and you kind of make that out of it as opposed to making it a more. Traditional, stand, uh, um, standard, standard, straight-ahead, straightforward uh, superhero movie. So I, I, I was appreciative of that movie's ambition. This movie doesn't do that so like every time i see that it's a psychological thriller i scoff at it because it's a stupid superhero movie with stupid superhero costumes that don't even look good um costumes in this movie suck um and they're since we're here in spoilers they're not in it for very long there's a reason why you don't see any of the Spider-Women costumes in the trailers because, massive spoilers, there's one sequence that's actually like a flash-forward that you see them in the costumes. And then there's a tag at the end of the movie with, oh, oh boy, um, where you get to see them in the costumes again. This movie is an origin story for a spinoff for these three Spider-Women. And... I don't know enough about the Spider-Women character. I, I'm sorry, the, the Spider-Woman characters. Um, because like it's interesting because it 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 dabbles in eras of Spider-Man comics that I know. Like I know who Madam Webb is. Um, but when I see uh, Sydney Sweeney in a black and white costume with flowing red hair, uh, looking like Julia Carpenter. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, because I, I really like that version of Spider Woman from the, uh, from the 90s, uh, where it's like, you know, basically she has the Venom costume, but she's, uh, she's a, she's a hot redhead. And, um, and Mike in the 90s was very appreciative of that. And uh, you think Mike of 2024 would be appreciative of uh, Sidney Sweeney in a in a uh, the the that same costume with that same look. But here is the problem. Here's the biggest problem with this movie from like a. I don't know, a uh, creepy lecherous perspective because these characters, the, these three, um, spider women are portrayed as teenagers. They're teenagers in this, um, in this movie. So they're not looked at as like, um, uh, sexually objectifiable um uh, type of characters. It's supposed to be their their young would-be heroes that are molded and guided by Madam Webb to become uh superheroes later. They're not superheroes in this movie. They're 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 kind of victims actually. They're they're kind of like a trio of final girls from a from a slasher movie. Um but there's no actual slashing because like the, you know in in like these clairvoyant flash uh flashback, flash forwards, uh let's try this again type of thing. Um sure, they they get kilt off and vaguely like throat throat lifts and tosses. That's that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I think maybe there's like a implied neck break at some point, but like, you know, everything everything's uh, um incredibly uh tame about it. Um but I I found myself as a guy as a superhero movie watcher, um, it's like, am, am I supposed to be looking at these women in in an objectifying kind of way? And the movie kind of says, no, 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 they're teenagers. Meanwhile, they're wearing revealing clothes. And I'm not, I, I can't say anything about, um, uh, you know the male gaze, but like it's—I I guess for me, as as someone who. Is afflicted with the male gaze. It sends mixed signals. So it's like I don't, I don't know how me as a certain type of fan is supposed to interact with, uh, with this material. Am I supposed to look at them? And even Dakota Johnson in the li- in, in the lead also. Am I supposed to say like, oh man, these ladies are hot? I'm going to this movie because it's full of hot chicks. Um, it is. But that's not what this movie is. But likewise, though, it doesn't say anything. Um, I mean, maybe I'm just uh, uh, coked up from seeing Barbie a couple times because that movie says stuff. This does not. And... it's it's very confusing. So um, at a time where, like, I recently just saw um, Argyle and one of the the most wretched takes I saw and it was, oh, it's Kingsman for girls. It's like that. That's stupid. Um, so I don't know if this is supposed to be Spider-Man for girls, Um At a time where when I go on these rants and tangents trying to figure out, quote unquote, who is this for? It usually ends with something that resembles who is this for? This isn't for anybody because it really doesn't do anything uh, particularly well or um, especially right. Um, But as I as I'm scrolling through Twitter here. Um, I see from this L.A. premiere uh, from Variety. What does Sydney Sweeney hope that young women take away from Madam Web? I have never heard this before. We're going to experience this together.
0: Think about being, you know, the four of you all together, these four incredible women growing as superheroes. What is it? What do you hope that especially young women take away from a movie? Like, I hope that young women can see uh, one, they're represented and they can feel empowered, but also that you can choose your friends and family. You can be empowered empowered without supernatural power and you can do anything you set your mind to.
1: Okay. Um, this isn't really a movie about empowerment and it really certainly isn't about female empowerment because I mean, again, the, these, these three girls spend the, the entirety of the movie being, uh, being victims and being chess pieces. They're just kind of yanked around, uh, uh, by the movie. And it, uh, I don't know. I the more I think about it the more troubled I um I get by that notion. Um, so rather than repeating myself, uh, as I try to litigate that, I'm just going to move on. Um, let's see. Here's a here's another uh, broken embargo review. Madam Webb exceeds expectations! Exclamation point. Some of the dialogue is cheesy AF. Some heavy-handed product placement. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. And probably could have been uh, tidied up a bit more. But the cast really work magic with what they had. Their chemistry is a lot of fun and the suits look great um i respectfully disagree uh broken embargo guy uh the suits look like trash and the chemistry is trash these uh these girls don't seem like they even like each other um uh but i do have to talk about the product placement uh this uh this movie was brought to you by pepsi and all of the pepsi brands at one point Uh, Madam Webb is, well, actually, no, sorry. Um, at, I don't know if Dakota Johnson knows how to open a can of soda. There is one time earlier in the movie where she is fumbling with a can of Mountain Dew Code Red that she never opens. And there's another time at a barbecue where she is fumbling with a can of Pepsi that she cannot open. Madam Web does not drink Pepsi products, but she'll uh, certainly fumble them around in her hand. And the climactic uh, battle that you've seen in the trailer where there's like a big fireworks display takes place at a Pepsi factory. That's also a fireworks factory or it's a a Pepsi warehouse that's next to a fireworks factory. It's very unclear. All all's I know is that it's a giant neon Pepsi Cola sign that you see at least a dozen times through the movie. And it is obnoxious and disgusting. Um, I guess product placement is uh, is kind of how you can help finance a movie. But, um, but man, it was, uh, it was blatant. Um, you know, th- this movie cost $80 million. And so I don't, I mean, kudos to them for it being delightfully cheap. Like at a time where I talk about being complimentary of Godzilla minus one for doing what they did with 15 million. Um, there was another movie that I was recently very complimentary of that cost less than a hundred million, but I, I don't remember what it is. So ironically enough, I, I appreciate how relatively inexpensive this movie is when compared to, say, like the the two hundred million dollar bloated disaster that was the Marvels. Um, so if this when this movie tanks, it's not going to have as much impact as as say the um, the Marvels did um, at and at one hundred and sixteen minutes. It's just shy of two hours with credits. That's fine. You know, it's like, you know, sure, you could have chopped off 10 minutes somewhere and tightened it up a little bit, but it's 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 fine. As uh, as I always say, Um, I don't know if this review is real or not. Uh, Madam Web is everything you dreamed a Madam Web film would be. S.J. Clarkson crafts a brilliant and immersive New York City. I don't want to leave. Johnson as Webb sets a new standard for the webbed mistress. Raheem's uh, Ezekiel is terrifying. Music, visuals, cast all create a 10 out of 10 web film. Uh, the the reason why I say I don't know if this is real because they have a GIF meme that says walking into the cinema on February 14th. Hashtag Madam Webb Sweep. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, uh, something I forgot to mention earlier. I was talking about, um... Uh, Tahar Rahim as Ezekiel. And I forgot to, to read this uh, write-up um, I found on him also. It uh, he says he's an explorer who, while accompanying Cassie's mother during her research on spiders before her death, is searching for a secret tribe in the Amazon rainforest in Peru. He gained their enhanced strength and healing abilities through a powerful spider as well as clairvoyance, which allows him to see the future until his death making him obsessively search for his killers. This leads him to hunt three young women who have the potential to become spider women in the future. Uh, Clarkson said, uh, uh director S.J. Clarkson said the character is not afraid to be tense and have a quote unquote level of ambiguity with multiple layers. He also wears a black Spider Man styled suit. Ooh, careful what you're calling Spider Man styled. This thing looks wretched. It, and it's interesting, like, so, like, Talking about the Ezekiel character, he's kind of like an amalgam of a handful of different things because Ezekiel from the Amazing Spider-Man comics, as created by J. Michael Straczynski and artist John Romita Jr., is kind of like a benevolent figure um, and helps guide uh, Peter Parker in a In a lot of ways um, and is actually kind of like, quote unquote, the first Spider-Man. And, you know, we could get into like the whole legislation about like the spider verse of the comics uh, some other time. That's not right now. I'm not particularly interested in going down that road. I think that all of like the Ezekiel stuff was kind of interesting in the comic comics for a few, but then um, kind of got overwrought. In, uh, in concept, um, but it's interesting to make Ezekiel the primary villain because um, they're folding in a lot of Moreland, the, the, the villain character from that run of comics that I was just talking about. So they kind of took the good guy and the bad guy and smashed them together. And made them this unremarkable villain. And regarding the suit, it's it's black with, you know, again, vaguely Spider-Man styled. And I got to say that like the markings on it kind of look like Kane, you know, which is like one of the, the failed uh, Peter Parker clones uh, from the comics and from the clone saga from the from the 90s. Um, if you look at some of the markings specifically on the face, it it. It looks kind of like that. So I don't know if that's what they were trying to evoke here or not, but um, real dumb, real dumb. Um, and, and basically, the, in, in that paragraph I just read you, that kind of spoils what the um, plot of the movie is. The central conflict is this Ezekiel guy is haunted by visions of being murdered by a trio of spider women and that is the only action sequence in the movie where you get to see them in costume and um uh and and he's haunted by this vision and he wants to kill them while they're teenagers uh before they become spider-women and then uh parallel to that uh Cassandra Webb uh Cassie uh becomes Madam Webb with her uh uh clairvoyance due to a spider bite. Uh okay, no, hang on. Sorry. Um uh my mom was studying spiders in the Amazon uh when she died. And uh so basically this this Ezekiel guy is a guide. A bodyguard of sorts for cassie's mom who is studying spiders in the amazon um he is also looking for this uh spider she wants to use it to uh heal the world and because uh, apparently the spider venom can cure disease uh he wants it for selfish reasons which are very unclear. I don't know what his motivations are. Does he want to rule the world? Does he want to live forever? It's aggressively unclear, but basically like she finds the spider. She's, she's, she's a uh, with child. She's pregnant. And he, uh, she finds the spider. They wrestle over it. He shoots her. And she, as, as she gets ready to die, he takes the spider and, uh, and rocks off. Um, And then I am not joking. I didn't, I I wasn't intending to do a whole plot summary, but like this, this just kind of unlocked it. And now, now you're going to get it. Um, uh, the Amazonian spider people who are basically, uh, they have like a red clay type of, uh, you know, makeup or other, uh, types of, uh, markings on them. So they're. They're red, and then they wear a type of—I um, uh, don't know if it's a, a sticks or how how it works—but basically, like they have a um, a lattice of intricate strings on their bodies that makes them look awfully like spider people. And basically, like so, they're red with black webbing, uh, but they're like Amazonians, and they take of uh mama Web to the the healing waters of the of the minds of Mandalore, and she gives birth to Cassie uh after being uh bit by the spider and she dies uh We find out later in the movie that it was the bite of the spider venom that um gave Cassie her superpowers but also saved her life through the healing venom because uh um uh-oh uh we find out in a flashback when um uh Cassie enters the uh Check's Notes Spider World um and and interacts with a uh flashback which incidentally like at one point uh Madam Web gets Shoved out of her body, like the uh, in the astral plane, and I would think if I am any of the producers and makers of the Doctor Strange movie, I'd be like, "Hey, you can't be doing that because it is straight up." Um, out of Doctor Strange uh, turns out uh, uh, Cassie hated her mother because, you know, she was she was uh, looking for spiders when she was pregnant. Turns out, uh-oh, uh oh, the baby had some kind of um, illness and affliction, and she was looking for the spiders in a way to find the cure um, ends up doing so, but ends up dying in the process. Uh, Cassie is born and becomes a paramedic question mark. Um, going through the foster system and whatever, the movie picks up in the far flung future of 2003. So I couldn't figure out where else to put that other than in this vague uh spoiler section. But that that is what kicks off a variety of nonsense with regards to this movie. Uh, the movie takes place in 2003, which Lance flag as a prequel of sorts. So this is a prequel to the uh, checks notes again, Sony's Spider-Man universe. And um, we're uh, we're avoiding saying a lot of things like we're embarrassed that we're in a, in a not we're in a cinematic universe with not Spider-Man because there's at one point where they're talking about like the Amazonian spider people and refer to them as spider people. Um, there's, there's, uh, news footage of Ezekiel running around in his, uh, black Spider-Man styled suit and to where they had the opportunity to call him a Spider-Man and called him a Spider-Person instead, because you don't want to get sued for referring to somebody as a Spider-Man. Um, but that's setting it in 2003 gives the movie a weird texture. Nobody has cell phones or people have like, like, Uh, early flip phones, um, a lot of analog phone use. um, And it's kind of interesting that they kind of sort of capture the period accurately because, I mean, let's be honest, the the early 2000s are like a weirdly unremarkable time. Uh, The 90s are over and the mid 2000s haven't really happened yet so the 90s i mean i'm sorry the 2000s haven't really established themselves as anything so people are running around in doc martin's like it's the 90s um uh you have um a lot of a lot of bear midriff a lot of tummy in this movie um got got a got a lot of got a lot of lady tummy in uh in this movie as if it's well, two thousand three. So the 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 fashion, the vehicles, the technology—it all kind of seems to fit the time period. But I think all of this happens. Okay, so okay, all right. I'm just going to talk about it now because I don't know where else I'm going to put it. So, um, this is a movie about Spider-Man that doesn't have Spider-Man in it, right? So, um, Adam Scott is in this movie as um as Cassie's partner in paramedics a cat named ben we find out immediately through the clunkiest bit of dialogue ever that his name is ben parker yes adam scott ladies and gentlemen is uncle ben and um when he's introduced as ben parker it is really with a wink a nod and an elbow blow That gets you right in the ribs to where it's like, oh, yeah, and my brother's wife, Mary, is here, and she is very pregnant. Now, why there's no reference to Aunt May? I don't know. Oh no, I'm sorry, there was a reference to Aunt May, but we're not naming characters. That's what it is. So basically like so uh Cassie and Ben, I'm sorry Ben Parker are uh, are in a in the uh, lunchroom uh, talking about and and Ben is saying like, oh man, I met somebody and it's super serious. What's her name? You don't get the name. Um, uh, old, uh, old Mary Parker is very pregnant. In fact, we go to like the baby shower for what will become baby Peter Parker. And they're like, there's this whole bit about like, well, what's the baby's name? Uh, spoilers alert for the end of the movie. The move, the, the baby is born. The baby Spider-Man is born. And we don't learn that his name is Peter Parker. because there's still like this bit of just like, oh, well, you know, what's his name? And it's like, Wink because we know. you know that that kind of thing. So why we're messing around in prequel town makes no sense to me. I, I just don't understand. The only thing I can think of is so that Madame Webb, can age up uh to appear in future I'm sorry I can't say this with a straight face to to uh, appear in future Spider-Man movies where she's all old and shit because uh even more spoilers alerts I I did not see this coming I thought that the movie was just going to establish that it's like you know it's young hot Dakota Johnson as Madam Webb kind of very similar to where you got Hot Aunt May in uh in uh, in the MCU Spider-Man movies. And uh I just thought that that's what they were going to do. No, at the at the end of the movie, at the climax of the movie, um Ezekiel is defeated. He is um squished, pancaked with the uh Pepsi Cola sign. But at a cost, um, uh, Madam Web, uh, Cassie is uh, thrown into the uh, uh, thrown off the building into the waters below. Um, she is uh, rescued uh, by the spider women and resuscitated in one of the the silliest um it's, uh, I guess we'll call it Chekhov CPR because at one point where the the girls are holed up in a hotel together uh Dakota Johnson shows them how to do CPR and wouldn't you know it that at the end of the movie when they actually need to have that skill they know how to do the CPR and um and uh Cassie is revived but at a cost um she opens up her eyes they're all like you know milky blind like oh no is she blind and I needed a line to say like, oh, no, now I can't see or like, oh, uh, uh, who's there? Come closer. There's nothing. She just opens up her eyes. And then uh, I guess the implication is that she's blind. Very ill defined until we smash cut to the hospital where she's just like, oh, no, uh, uh, where, where are my girls? Oh, we're here. We would never leave you. That kind of thing. Apparently, they're they're all buddies now. Um but in what um is the closest thing to this movie having an an audacious Morbius like ending. Um so you've probably seen the quote unquote Madame Webb costume that was leaked on a on a a capri sun no i'm sorry ocean spray a juice bottle right where it's dakota johnson she's in like this leather uh spider motif thing and she's pushing out a hand like she's gonna hold off dinosaurs or some shit like that um that suit does appear but not in the way that it's depicted on the ocean spray bottle nor is it depicted the way it's shown on the poster where it's like, she's wearing this, uh, a red leather jacket on top of the red leather costume. She wears the jacket throughout the movie, but she's just wearing like a a, a snug top um, underneath. Um, but so when we catch up with Madame Webb, we know that she's, uh, she's blind. And in one of like the worst green screen scenes, I think I have ever seen she's sitting in a motorized wheelchair looking out a discount batgirl clock tower window that kind of sort of looks like a web but also kind of doesn't uh kind of looks like dr strange's sanctum sanctorum but kind of doesn't and so you see she's in a motorized wheelchair and that she has the most ridiculous blind person glasses on. I think they're trying to kind of evoke uh, what the glasses look like in the comics, but don't, don't do it very well because like, I think they're like still like Prada glasses or something. There's some kind of name brand on the side. I didn't clock what it was, but it looked real stupid. But um, we find out that the, uh, the four of them are now living together. The three, uh soon to be spider women have uh I guess are taking care of uh Cassie in the in this weird clock tower not clock tower apartment type of thing. And the question I have is like, so did she adopt these girls? Because they're they're kind of orphans, but not really. They're they're orphans in the way I was an orphan in the 1980s, um, you know, where wearing a key to my apartment around my neck. It's like I had parents, I just never saw them because they worked. That's what's what the deal is with these three girls like you know uh, uh, one has a dad who's been deported so she's kind of living on her own not specifically an orphan but kind of. Um, uh, Sydney Sweeney is, I think in like a foster home because like her dad or mom or no, I'm sorry. Her mom is in a mental institution. Um, but she lives with her dad and his new wife and their kids. So she's kind of like the third wheel and is kind of unwelcome, but again, not an orphan. And then, um, the other gal kind of the same thing, like, um, apparently she's rich, her parents are rich and they're always off jet setting and don't want to be bothered with a kid. And she lives with the housekeeper again, not an orphan, but at the end of the movie, they're all living with Madame Webb, um, in a way that again, does not make any sense to me. But again, the, this movie doesn't make uh, a whole lot of sense to me. So, um, where do we want to go from there? Cause I, I think that's the end of the movie. There's, there's no, um, uh, there's no, uh, post credit scene. Um, let me take a look through and see if there's any more, uh, reviews, uh, mark my words, Madam Welm will surprise us all. No, it won't. Um, Madam Webb's live-action debut left her tangled in her own web! Exclamation point. Stripped of Spidey references, it's like Sony trying to cover up a bug bite with a Band-Aid. Now her comeback hinges on the audience reaction, colon. Will they help untangle her from this sticky situation? Okay, alright, fine, one more. Um, I watched Madam Webb and it was bad. I tried to give it a chance, but sadly the poor execution didn't help. The cast was awesome, but the performances were definitely disappointing so many reviews pouring in for madam web not many positive opinions on sony's latest installment tons of negative feedback idk how a company can go so wrong with the accomplishments they have had with the spider verse movies you mean the cartoons because that's 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 all you got that's all you got um, Madam Webb is awful. I tried to enjoy it, but sadly the poor execution wouldn't help it. The cast is definitely great, but the performances were definitely disappointing. Uh, Sony got to stop making these and, um, and finally, uh, Madam Webb is the movie I've waited for all my life. I laughed, I cried, and I cheered like hell. Was it perfect question mark? Maybe not, but this latest SJ Clarkson adventure shows there's still some life in the movies. Marvel is saving cinema. Whew, that's a take. Um, well, you know, if you like this, you're gonna get more of it. Um also I and I can't find the the specific posts, but I saw like, I think like Sydney Sweeney was like posting like, uh, like behind the scenes pics of like she's like upside down in the in the Spider Woman costume, and, um, some of the other, uh, actors as well. And it kind of took on a tone of like, oh no, these people think they're in the MCU. Uh, much like, uh, my dude Tyrese thought he was going to be in the MCU because he was in, in Morbius. And I wonder at what point it's a bait and switch. It's like, hey, Hey, we would like you to be in a Marvel movie from Sony. Uh, that's a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man in it. Um, That, that kind of thing. I think it's a real bait and switch thing. Um, Especially like somebody like Matt Smith, who got totally rooked by uh, Karen Gillan by accident, because like they, they went to Matt Smith about being in Morbius and he's like, oh, I don't know about that. So he goes to his, uh, uh, Good buddy, uh, uh, Doctor Who co-star Karen Gellin, uh fresh off of them Guardian movies, uh, uh, Nebula, now one of my uh, favorite MCU characters. What an arc that character had. But she's like, yeah, man, it's great fun. It's awesome. You should totally do it. Um, but I, I think what some of these folks don't realize is that um, th- these are different cuts of steak. You know, it's like you know, you've got the Disney Marvel MCU, and then you have the uh uh Sony Columbia Pictures, uh Sony Pictures universe of uh Marvel Spider-Man characters or 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 whatever the hell that spunk was. Um and, and I feel bad for folks that kind of get uh trapped in that uh web uh pardon the pun. Um okay, so uh to close out here uh cuz I, I think i got everything off of my chest the the product placement uh the the bad costumes the bad villains um the the uh ludicrous connections to Spider-Man without saying Spider-Man um having baby Peter Parker but not calling him Peter Parker uh Uncle Ben is a uh paramedic and apparently an ex uh, army vet as as well um uh, what else what else I'm trying to think of just like easter eggs that um that I I clocked as I went. Um, all right, so a couple comments. So I I posted on my Facebook um, a title card, you know, that they showed uh, before the movie, and I am still I, I was expecting a dark blank screen because um, I felt like this was the movie that that the studio didn't want us to see. But um, my buddy Chandler he comments, it's flopping time, and it's a. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's not going to do well. Uh nobody's going to see this because it's not for anybody. Uh Noah asks uh details please and I said I can't talk about it until tomorrow. Go back in time and listen to this podcast start from the beginning and you'll have your details. Uh the one and only Burr Martin comments. I've watched the trailer several times and still have no idea what's going on. I've just seen the movie and I don't know what's going on. A whole lot of nothing. Um, Nick asked me if uh, about recording a podcast and uh, the thing that he wanted to know, uh, let me just read it here. So I want to know how they pulled this movie off and if it's as bad as Morbius. It's, it's not as bad as Morbius. It's not better than Morbius, but it's a, it's a different kind of bad. Like, This is bad because it's weird and weirdly unremarkable and unambitious. Morbius is bad, but still also flat and boring. Um, So, I mean, I guess they're kind of of a kind. Um, I I would throw this in in the same bin as Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Like, there's something about these Sony movies that they're just not good. They're just, like, not, they're just not right. Um, I don't know, but also though, as I was expecting from Morbius, I it never transcends into so bad it's good. It's just kind of bad. It's just kind of flat. Um, so Nick also asks, with using the character from the the J. Michael Straczynski Spider Man run with John Romita Jr. on art, will the Spider Totem idea be in play? No absolutely not they don't even touch any of that like the 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 closest they come into was with the amazonian spider people and that's not quite Spider Totem enough for fans of that comic run. Um, and go check out those comics. Like, uh, th- there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, like, Aunt May discovers that, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And there- there's some other cool stuff with uh, the Ezekiel character. Like, he's portrayed as, like, um, not trustworthy. Or, like, you know, working at um, opposite places. Opposite agenda or opposite purpose from Peter Parker, who ends up being an ally while trying to protect him from this villain, Moreland, who is more or less like a like a spider vampire, um, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it, it's it's some fun stuff there. But like if you're a fan of the Ezekiel character, you will be. Uh, disappointed with this portrayal because it just, it kind of recontextualizes him as a, as a unremarkable villain that just doesn't wear shoes for no reason. Uh, because like within the context of the movie, they say that um he's some of the spider powers, and we're we're really trying to like skirt again not trying to make him a Spider-Man but apparently like you can grip walls with your hand so it's more crawling you can't actually walk on walls even though the dude runs across a ceiling in a in a diner one time it's very confusing and very inconsistent so anyway um a uh, no spider totem and kind of like a clumsy uh telling of that um of that thing of the of the story so okay let me um uh let me find some of these questions, okay, so I took to the Twitter and I said, "Ask me anything uh from Destron Peter, yes or no question mark easy enough uh no it's a it's not a seeing as believing it's not as um so bad it's good, it's just flat and unremarkable again, very similar to um uh Morbius. Uh, from Shane DePain, um asks, any link to the MCU Spider-Man? No. Uh, the closest we get is through the vague the vague ness of it being set in 2003 with uh, the implication that the baby is Peter Parker and will grow up to be the Tom Holland Spider-Man, I guess. But if it's 2003 and we know that... Um, the MCU more or less kind of takes place in kind of sort of real time. So when you get to like that, that end game, um, so we'll do, uh, 2018 minus 2003, uh, Spider-Man is 15 years old and I guess that's right for, you know, 25 year old Tom Holland running around. So I guess that checks out that that's not as off the mark as I thought it was. Um, so, but I see what they were, they were kind of doing that. Um, uh, Volt Primus um asks, is it shit No not really it's just um it's just not good um it's not bad it's just not good at risk of repeating itself um I have seen worse um do I recommend it no um but do I say avoid it like the plague also no uh this uh <laughs> This one cracked me up uh, from uh, D Maximus prime. I am so sorry, but every time I see something for this movie, all I can think is quote unquote, I've actually seen a spider person's boobs and um, you're not wrong. And I'm going to leave it there. Um, Whirl asked me my favorite color to which I said blue. I'm more drawn to Navy, but I celebrate the entire catalog, uh, which is the correct response. Um, uh, from whirl. Um I also mess around with a cobalt. Um I, I can I can mess with an indigo as well and I do like a sky blue as well. Um so um, I had a conversation with uh somebody named Sarah on Twitter uh where we're going back and forth about leaked reviews saying it's a surprisingly decent movie and then that's kind of where I veered into uh the this rabbit hole of finding all of these broken embargo interviews and figuring out which embargo is is which or whatever um but they they seem genuinely interested in the movie, and i i'm I'm always for Uh, folks making up their own minds. This podcast is really me just trying to get it out of my system. I'm glad that you like it and that you're entertained and that you uh, are one of the, the 50 some people that voted for this. Uh, You wanted it now you got it. But, um, but yeah, I, I very rarely do I say, do not go see that movie. Um, So yeah, I mean, seeing is bleed And, and actually, no, no, I tell people not to go see movies all the time. What the hell am I talking about? I think it's more from the perspective of, like, it's something that that my friend Anthony, uh, tfu.info, uh, says all the time. Let people enjoy things. So if you if you roll up to me and say you're excited for the Madam Web, I say good for you. Um, Go out and enjoy it, and I hope genuinely that you get what you're looking for out of it. Uh, my buddy Joe who uh now writes uh reviews for um uh, another local radio station here um had uh, wrote and said if they had bothered to book the IMAX auditorium and loud, allowed for plus ones I'd have bitten the bullet couldn't have handled this alone to which I'd say well you'd have me buddy uh we'd be each other's plus ones but but I take I take the point and it goes to that point I was making earlier that the studio does not want uh, critics to see the movie. And I didn't make this point clear clearer earlier in that um, it was a press only screening, no plus ones, no guests, but also no civilians. So usually these press screenings are also promotion screenings where like the general public gets tickets either through like giveaways, radio stations, TV, uh, local stores, whatever. Um, so you get a good cross section of actual Actual folks and uh and cave Mouse asked me uh did the movie stinky or did the movie smell flowers well it's a uh, it's no mountain dew review but it's uh it's it's in the middle actually so is the movie stinky or does it smell smell flowers uh no it would be like if you have a broken nose and you can't smell anything that's what this movie is And, uh, and finally the, the, the last question here, uh, from Rodimus Convoy, uh, Rodimus Convoy 13, uh, why do we hate this movie before we've seen it? Question mark. I'm genuinely wondering, well, I don't know if there was anything in, in my tweets that said that I hated it. I don't hate this movie. And, um, I mean, I guess it's the Royal we, and I think it's because it's, it doesn't really have a place. Um, it's a Spider-Man movie without spider man it's a movie a an origin story for a character that nobody knows who they are, and those that do know who they are are like her really you, you give me a Madame Webb movie before you give me a black cat movie. What are we doing you know that that kind of thing like it kind of makes no sense for um for this movie to uh exist, and it doesn't make a case for its own existence, which is Uh, incredibly frustrating. So um, I'm not coming at it as a hater, uh, though I will say that uh, owning my bias, I did go into the movie um, looking for a hate watch. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know, I I, I see, I see what they're commenting on. Why do we hate this? Why do we hate this movie before we've seen it? I'm genuinely wondering. I forgot that I put up a snarky tweet of that, that uh, promotion title card, uh, before the screening started, and it says exclusively in movie theaters in premium large formats and IMAX. And I I wrote, being a smart mouth, the audacity of this movie exclamation point there. There's nothing here to see in IMAX. There's nothing to see in large format. The only reason that you would want to see this in a movie theater is to uh get the sound design to get those jump scares i jolted more than a couple times because the 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 sound system was very very loud and those uh those jump scare effects were also um incredibly loud so um all right well and i think that's I think that's about it. Oh, shoot. Uh, one last thing. I, I forgot to mention this earlier when I was talking about the Madam Webb costume. Um, the the movie ends on this weird flash forward where we go into the future time again with the uh the three spider women uh being adult people now, um, and with Dakota Johnson's Madam Web who's like now paralyzed in a in a chair kind of floating around them in a weird ethereal type of thing I think maybe she like does like some astroplane uh, nonsense or something but like so she's in the red leather costume but she has like these atrocious looking uh a red wraparound gargoyle glasses, um, that again, look very reminiscent of the, uh, of the comics. And I, I don't know, man, it's just like the, you know, I, I ta- I've, I've compared this a lot to Morbius and I've talked a lot about Morbius and this is the closest this comes to the, the, um, you know, uh, unfulfilled promises of, uh, Michael Keaton returning as the vulture to team up with Morbius to hunt Spider-Man or whatever is going on in that post-credit scene but like this thing where you realize at the end that this is a origin for a spin-off for three different characters like is th- is this like a team or are they like the Spider Birds of Prey a uh, Spiders of Prey um or something I just I, it, because None of these people are getting any more movies. None of these characters are going to appear anywhere else. Um, And in some of the write-ups I read you earlier, it said something about it being a standalone. And it's like, fuck you. You know, it's like, um, quit setting up things that are not going to happen unless you're going to have the audacity to make it so gonzo and so bonkers that I have no choice but to talk about it. On the other side of this conversation, now it it it's all just weirdly unremarkable. Um, again, like like I said, with a with a, with a little bit of sarcasm, it's like, well, uh, you asked for it, and and now now you got it. Um, and I do want to thank everybody that voted in the poll to help uh guide the show. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's it, folks. Um, and and that's gonna wrap things up for this episode of Madam Web. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and hanging out. And if you want to listen to more Mike Cybert Radio, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the heck else you get your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. And don't miss the return of Two Mikes, Two Furious, Animated Transformers. And if you are at TFCon LA from uh, March 8th through the 10th, uh, stop by and say hi. Um, I have Mike Seibert Radio podcast buttons I will hand folks, as well as a uh, name tag um, that, that says, hi, I'm Mike Seibert. So uh, uh, stop by and say hey. Uh, but, uh, but for now, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, till all are one, make good choices. Mike Seibert Radio is recorded in Seattle, Washington. Our original theme song is written and performed by Lucia Fasano. Get her music on all streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and check out her Instagram at Lucia underscore Fasano. Our closing theme is a nice place to visit by these young fools, used with permission from Michael Geisler. For more music like it, check out Michael's website, buytormusic.com. Special thanks to Andy Lita for our logos and graphic design. He is at Robo out on Twitter. Become Mike Sabatronian and join the MSRP Friends and Fans Facebook group, and you can follow me on all the social medias, Most of the social media is at Mike Seibert Radio. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check out my YouTube channel for even more videos and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to be a guest on the show? Send me an email, MikeSiebertRadio at gmail.com.